Okay, uh, good morning, good morning everyone, good uh, Today's Today's daf um, is sponsored by Benjamin Fleischman in commemoration of the art of his father, Shmuel Yudel ben Benjamin Yaakov, Zichon Mubacha. Our learning this morning should be on Leah for his neshama. Okay, so we left off yesterday that we were talking about, um, we were talking about the, this issue of a halacha that if you, if you hit or you make a noise in someone's ear that uh, you have to pay you have to pay money, and we said you have to pay a seller. And um, we were discussing whether a seller, a seller Medina, or a seller Tsuri, uh, which would make the difference whether you pay four zuz or you're paying a half a zuz. And we're going to see from the story that we're about to say uh, that it is a half a zuz. And also, you see from the story, uh, we had a machlokas between Rabbi Yosei who said that you pay mana, which is a hundred zuz, versus paying the seller which is the either four or half a zuz. So, uh, and this is a, as I said yesterday, I always like this story. Chanan Bisha, so it says Chanan, the, the bad guy. Taka uh, lahu gavra, so he, he hit someone in this fashion in his ear. Also, the Ravuna, he came in front of Ravuna. Amrle, Ravuna said, Zio go havle paga dezuza. Uh, go give him a half a zuz. So you see that uh, he paskin that it's a half a zuz. It's not a mana and it's not four sella, uh, four zuz, but it's a half a zuz. Um, so what what happened? Chanan Bisha havele zuzam maka. He had like a a beat up coin. His zuz his zuz was uh, was not in good shape. Boy lemeisve lemine pagadizuz. So he wanted to use that zuz to pay him. A half of those that he owed him for having hit him, lohavi mishtakole, but no one, no one would exchange it because it was a beat-up coin. So Chanan Bisha had this problem because he had to pay a half of those and he only had a full zuz. So takole achrini So he hit him in the other side, and then uh, then he gave him the whole zuz. Um, so interesting story. Now just recall, this is obviously not dealing with nezek because if you think about it, the difference between hitting someone in one year if you're making him deaf. And hitting him in two is totally different, uh, but this is talking about this is talking about boshas, as we talked about yesterday. This is a payment for the embarrassment aspect. Uh, okay. So in any event, uh, goes the Mishnah. Sharshu muad lemino ve'eno muad mino. So you have now a, a shar that is muad to um, to attack other animals of its type. So I guess other shvarim ve'eno muad mino. But it is not. It has not been found muad. Uh, to uh, a, a different uh, other types of animals. Now we're going to see exactly the Gemara is going to discuss machlokas how to read it, but let's just read it the way it's written in our Mishnah, which is the idea that that uh, every time it would see a, it would see an animal of its own type, it would gore it, and any any time it would see other animals, it would not gore it. So therefore, he's been established as a muad for. Uh, animals of its variety, but not, but he's found specifically not to be a muad for animals of a different variety, or muad la adam ve'ena muad la where he has been established as a muad la adam that he's multiple times gored a person, but he's never he doesn't gore behemoths when they pass in front of him. So therefore, okay, so that's the second case, or muad la katan ve'ena muad la that uh, that we found that this animal would attack small animals, but it would not attack big animals. So when it saw big animals, it would leave them alone, but when it saw small animals, it would attack them. So the Gemara, the Mishnah says, eshu muad lo, for that category that is considered a muad, so like for example, for his own min, or for a person, or for katanim, mishalim nezek shalim, so for that he would pay nezek shalim because he's a muad, 
But for that which he is not moored, he would pay Chatzinezek because he's a Tam. So therefore, let's say he gored an animal, uh, he gored a human three times, but he wasn't goring animals. Then all of a sudden he went and gored an animal, even though he's a moored for a man. And if it was a man, he'd have to pay Nezek Shalim. But since it's an animal and he's not moored for an animal, he would only pay Chatzinezek. Okay, now the mission proceeds to something else. Amr Lufnei Reb Yehuda, they said in front of Reb Yehuda, we have this animal that gores on Shabbos, but it doesn't gore on the weekday. Um, now, where does this come from? Uh, Rashi, Rashi says that basically because, uh, as we know, you can't work your animals on Shabbos. So when, uh, when on Shabbos, when he's not in his regular routine, he gets aggressive and he, he gores. Uh, he gets bored. Uh, Tosa springs from the Yushami, and there's a lot of there's a lot of very interesting uh, halachic aspects that come out of this. But um, it brings from the Yushami that that because people dress up differently on Shabbos in some fashion that uh, causes the uh, short to act that way. Uh, interesting thing. Maybe if we have time later, we could talk about some of the ramifications of that. But in any event, they came to Rabbi Yehuda and said, "We have this shor that." Um, that is a uh, mood to, to go on Shabbos, but not during the weekday. So he said to them, So if he's considered a mood for Shabbos, he pays Nezek Shalom on Shabbos. But during the weekday, he would only pay Chatzin Nezek. And the challenge here always is, in other words, how tightly do you define something that is sufficient to say that it's only a subcategory of mood and not a more general mood? We'll get into more detail on this in the Gemara. Um, the Gemara then, the Mishnah finishes, Amosai Hutam. When does he become a tam after he's been a muad Once he would go three and once you establish that he's only muad to go on Shabbos, you have to have three Shabbosos where they show him an animal and or he sees an animal and he doesn't uh, gore. Okay, that's the mission of Dr. Gumari. Itmar Ribzvit Omar Tanan. Papa Omar Tanan. So difference of one letter, the Vav, but it makes a huge difference in how you understand the Mishnah. So the way the way Reb Zvid would understand the Mishnah is the way we described it. Shar muad lemino. It's a factual circumstance. You have a shar that's muad to attack animals of its variety. But it is not a muad to attack animals that are not of its variety. So this all of this was a factual statement. And what is the implication of, the factual, of that factual statement? Because everything in this Gemara is going to be about implication. The implication of that factual statement is because it is a muad for its mean, but it has specifically been demonstrated to, to not be a muad for she'enomino. In that case, he's a muad only lumino, but not she'enomino. The, the implication being that in a, in a, uh, where you just don't know, you would assume that once he becomes muad for one type, he's muad for all. So according to Rizvid, if you have an animal that's muad lumino, it's also muad she'enomino. If you demonstrate that three times they brought a she'enomino in front of him and he didn't gore, then he becomes not muad l'she'enomino. So what is basically Reb Zvid's concept, the way I think about it, is that you're guilty until proven innocent. Once you become a muad, then you're a muad for everything. Now, if you can demonstrate that for a certain category you're not a muad, so fine, then you can demonstrate that. But absent that, in the default, you would say that he's a muad for all animals. Reb Papa reads the Mishnah differently. He reads it as a psak. It's saying, Shor muad lemino, that a shar that is moored for its type, eno moored l'sheinomino, is not moored for another for something that is not its type. So what is his opinion is? 
His opinion is that even when an animal has been demonstrated to be a mu'ad, as relates to other animals, it's innocent until proven guilty, and he would be a tam. So if he's gored three of his own type of animals, and then an animal comes that's not its type, and you go and he gores it, he's still uh, he's still a tam, and he would only pay chatinezek because he was demonstrated to be a muad for his own type, but not for any other type. So according to Rav Zvid, it's a case, and according to Rav Papa, it's a halacha. And the difference is, do you say for the animal <coughs> types that it is not found to be a muad is the default? that it is a muad for all animals, which would be the opinion of Rav Zvid, or is, it a, or is the assumption innocent until proven guilty, and he would not be a muad, according to Rav Papa, for anything other than that which he has been established to be a muad. Okay, so uh, Rav Zvid, Amar, Ve'eno muad Tanan, and this is what I just said, Rav Zvid says that when it says Ve'eno muad and it's just telling us a case, it's talking about a case where it's been demonstrated not to be a muad, for other varieties, hastama have But in the ordinary course, the default assumption is that when he's a muad for one, he's a muad for all. If Papa Amar, if Papa says ain't a muad tanan, that it says ain't a muad, it was giving us a psak and it's telling us this stama lo have muad, that it's not a muad, that when it becomes a muad lumino, it doesn't become a muad lashayno mino. Okay, so that's the machlokas. Now, why why do they have this machlokas? Reb Zvid daik mi seifa, Reb Papa daik mi reisha. Reb Zvid brings a raya for his view from the seifa, and Reb Papa from the reisha. Reb Zvid daik mi seifa. What's Reb Zvid's raya from the seifa? The katani, because we learned muad the katanim ve'en muad the gedolim. So we said that if if the animal was found to be a muad that he attacked small animals three times ve'en muad the gedolim, and he did not attack big ones. So e amrit bishlomo ve'ena muad katani. So it works well. Reb Zvid is saying to us if we say that it says ve'ena muad. So he was specifically found not to be a muad to gedolim. Hastama have a muad. But the implication being that in the ordinary course, when it gored three small ones, it automatically becomes a muad also for the big ones. Hakamashmon dafilu mikatanim legedolim nami mistama have a muad. So then there's a point to the mission. The mission is telling us a Kiddush, which is in order to if the if the default assumption is if the default assumption is that um, that they're guilty until proven innocent, so the Mishnah needed to tell us this halacha to say that once he became a muad for Katanim, he becomes a muad Ligadolam also. Why? Because you would say to yourself, just speaking logically, nothing to do with halacha or anything like that. If an animal has been demonstrated to beat up on little, you know, let's say you have a, the playground bully, they'll beat up on the little kids, but they're not going to beat up on the big kids, right? So therefore, just because you would think, you might think to yourself that just because an animal gores small animals doesn't mean that he would gore a big animal because he's afraid of the big animal. So maybe he's not a muad. So he says, so therefore the mission is telling us, no, the halacha is like every other case. If he becomes a muad for one, he's a muad for another. And even if all he's done is gore, um, t- he's gored small animals, he still becomes a muad for the big animals. So according to Rizid, there's a point to this halacha. It's telling us that chiddush, that the default assumption that it's a muad extends even where, even where the animals are big, and so far he's only demonstrated uh, that he, he, he gores where they're small. But if you're going to say, like Rav Papa, that the Mishnah is, is stating a fact, that if he becomes a muad for katanim, he becomes a muad for gedolim, stama lo have a muad, but in the ordinary course it wouldn't be a muad. Hashta yeshlomer mikatanim lekatanim da'ama stama lo have a muad mikatanim lekatanim lekatanim He says, but then what would be the chiddush in the Mishnah? Because if we know, 
according to Rav Papa. Since Rav Papa told us that if, if an animal is known to attack its own type of animals, it is not automatically assumed to, type other types of, to attack other types of animals, then for sure, where he's only attacked small animals, it's not going to be presumed that he can, he's going to attack big animals, because it's much less of a chiddush to say that he'll attack uh, other types of animals other than his own, and yet he's not automatically a muad from one to the other, then for sure there's no havamina that he should be a muad from small to large. So what would be the point of the Mishnah saying it? Um, so he said, well, we need to say it. So that's Reb Zizraya. Reb Zizraya is because he says from the, from the Sefer, from the case of that according to Rav Papa, there's no Chiddush to be had in this Mishnah because of course he's not Mu'ad for Gedolim if all he gored was Ketanim. Rav Papa, Rav Papa would answer you and says, Itzrich, no, there's still a Chiddush to the Mishnah because Salka I might have thought, Hoyl Paritzbe, Bahum Mina Paritzbe, Loshna Gedolim Didei, Loshna Ketanim Didei, I might have thought, and remember, this going around Papa who says he's not automatically um, a muad from one to the other. So he says, I might have thought, once he, he gored this type of animal, whatever type of animal it was, that it doesn't matter whether it's ketanim or gedolim, he became a muad for both, because he became a muad for that type of animal. Kamash malan, have muad. So therefore, the mission was coming to tell us a chiddush, even according to her Papa, even though normally... We don't learn from one to another. You might have lumped all of this type of animal into a, into one category and said he's a muad both for small and large. So to that, the mission is coming to say, according to Papa, to break it down in detail and say, even in this circumstance, we'll differentiate within one type of animal and say that he's only muad for the small and he's not muad for the large. And even though that is logically, uh, that makes good sense, you wouldn't necessarily have known it. And that's what Papa says is the Chiddush in the Mishnah. Okay, so that's Rav Zvid's reason. Rav Papa Dayak Miresha, Rav Papa brings Araya to his, or, or the, derives his view from the Resha, the Ketani, because we learned, now this is the Resha only relative to the Seifa of Rav Zvid. This is actually the middle case in our Mishnah, that because that, we learned, Mu'ad la'adam, ain't a Mu'ad la'behema. That if, if, if someone is Mu'ad to a person, then they're not Mu'ad to a behema. Now Rashi points out, that just logically speaking, it is a much bigger deal to gore a human being than it is to gore a animal. Um, and, and we actually dealt with this on Daf Beis, because it says, Adam isle mazla, that a person has mazel, which either means, either means that he has the uh, foresight, the ability to, to prevent himself from getting damaged by an animal, alternatively means that there's some kind of siyata uh, deshmaya or something that the people have mazel, uh, but whatever the point is, it's easier, we operate under the assumption it's easier for an animal to gore another animal than it is to gore a person. So in any event, Rav Papa says as follows. I'm sorry? Oh, Rav Papa says as follows. Mu'ad lo'adam ain't a mu'ad lo'behema. That if someone's a mu'ad for a person, they're not mu'ad to behema. E amrit bishloma ain't a mu'ad tenan. If you're saying you're going to learn it the way I, Rav Papa, learn it, which is to say a halacha, that someone is a mu'ad lo'adam is not a mu'ad lo'behema. Stama lo have a mu'ad. But it's coming to tell you that, it, so therefore it's coming to tell you that in the ordinary course, we don't assume that just because someone's a muad for a person that he's a muad for a behemoth. So this is teaching us that it's coming to tell us a chiddish, which is saying that even though, 
that, uh, that, that even though you might think that this is different, and that if someone is found to be a mu'ad for an Adam, that maybe, even though normally, according to her Papa, we don't assume just because he's a mu'ad for one thing, he's a mu'ad for another, but in this case, I might have thought that if someone's a mu'ad for a person, since it's such a higher bar to be a mu'ad for a person, that he's also automatically a mu'ad for a behema, and that would be the havamin according to her Papa, that no, my rule, Rapapa is saying, is absolute. It doesn't matter if you're found to be a muad for one, even if it's a person, you're not assumed to be a muad for anything else, including an animal. So that, Rapapa says, works well according to me. But if you're going to tell me that the Mishnah's words are and therefore it has to be where it's been demonstrated. So therefore, it has to be a case in order to be uh, to be not more. It has to be a case where he's seen human beings and gored them. He's seen animals and not gored them. So he's demonstrated himself not to be a muad for behemoth. Hastama have a muad, but in the ordinary course, if he wouldn't have demonstrated that it's not a muad for behemoth, we would consider it a muad. Muad. He says, what would be the chiddush of the Mishnah? Because if we know that even from one type of animal to another, he's assumed he's assumed to be a, he's assumed to be a muad. That if he's a muad for this type of animal, he's a muad for any type of animal. So then, for sure, if he's a muad for a person, he's going to be a muad for behemoth. So why did the mission need to tell us anything? And so Papa is saying, according to me, there's a chiddush to say that it still doesn't transfer, even though you might say that it should for sure if he's muad laadam, he should be muad the behemoth. Papa is saying it's still not true and it does not carry over. He's innocent until proven guilty. But according to Rav Papa, according to Rav Zvid, um, what diff, you know, what chiddush is the Mishnah telling us? If we already know that when he's moored for one type of behemoth, he's not moored, he's automatically moored for any other type of behemoth. For sure, if he's moored for Adam, he should be moored for behemoth. So that's Rav Papa's right. Rav Zvid, how would Rav Zvid answer? He would say, Reisha Chazar Akai. That, no, that this case of moored la Adam, behemoth, is not talking about a regular case of what we've been talking about, because you're right, then there would be no Chiddush, because once I know from one type to another type, you assume that the Mu'ad transfers, then for sure it transfer from a human being to an animal. So what is the Mishnah saying in this case? It's talking about Chazara. Chazara is the process by which a Mu'ad ceases to be a Mu'ad and becomes a Tam again. So he says, here's the case, You had an animal that was Mu'ad for man, he was Mu'ad for Behemoth, he had gored three men, he had gored three Behemoths, he's just an angry an angry ox. Vahadr Bemi Behema. Now he, he retracted from being a Muad for Behema. The Nagach. And how do we know that he's no longer a Muad for Behema? Because three times it saw Behema and he didn't gore. So Mahu the Tema, I might have thought. Kivan the Lai Hadr Behema Adam Chazara the Behema. So he's saying it's as follows. So we're saying he became a muad for man and for animals. Then he ceased becoming a muad for animal. I might have thought that his ceasing to become a muad for animal doesn't help. Why? Because he's still muad for a person. And if he's muad for a person, if he's going to kill, if he's going to, if he's going to gore a person, he's going to for sure gore an animal. So maybe he should still be considered muad for an animal. Kamash Malan, the Chazar the Behemoth, Mia Chazarahi. That no, at the end of the day, if he was closer from goring Behemoth, and three times you showed him a Behemoth and he didn't gore, he remains a muad for a person, but he is not a muad 
for a behemoth. So, so again, the kasher of Papa had on Zvid was the Mishnah has no point. There's no chiddush according to you. He's saying no. It has a chiddush if you understand it to be talking about a case of chazara to tell you that we allow it to cease being a mord for behemoth even though it's still a mord for Adam. Okay, Meisve, I'll ask you a kasha. Sumchus Omer, Sumchus says, Mu'ad la'adam, mu'ad la'behemah, mikal v'chomer. He says, I can learn, and we're going to see the context of this, Sumchus says, I could learn a kal that if a person is mu'ad to attack people, then he's for sure mu'ad to attack a behemah. Umal la'adam, mu'ad la'behemah lo'koshikein. Because he's saying, if someone is, if an animal is prepared to attack a person, which is much harder, he would for sure attack a behemah. So this is Sumchus's opinion. So now the Gemara says, whoever Sumchus is arguing with, Mechlal the Tanakama, that the Tanakama of Sumchus disagreed, would say, ain't a muad kamar, right? That this animal is not a muad. In other words, that only, only Sumchus, who learns a Kavachomer, would say that if he's a muad for a person, he's automatically a muad for a behemoth. If the Tanakama does not hold of that, then the Tanakama is saying that just because he's a muad for a person does not mean that he's a muad for a behemoth, Right? So therefore, who is it that says that, that in the ordinary course we don't assume mu'ad from one to the other? That would be Rav Papa. So this, this Tanakama of Sumchus is a kasha on Rav Zvid. Because Rav Zvid would say, of course, if you're a mu'ad la'adam, you're for sure mu'ad la'behema. Just like if you're a mu'ad for one kind of animal, you're mu'ad for all kinds of animals. So it's a kasha on Rav Zvid. Rav Zvid would say to you, Sumchus asara chazarakai. That again, Sumchus is similar to what we just said, is talking about retracting from being a mu'ad. And this is what Sumchus was saying to the Tanakama. To this that you said, that someone can be choser from being a mu'ad lebehema, in a case where he was mu'ad la'adam and mu'ad lebehema, and he's retracted from being a mu'ad lebehema, this that you said, that that's a valid retraction. Um, I'm going to tell you that that's not true. And you cannot assume that just because he hasn't gored three animals that he's now no longer a moored for animals. Why? Because I'll tell you, because if we're saying he's still a moored for Adam because he became a moored first for man and behemoth and then he retracted only from behemoth. So the mayor is saying, in, I'm sorry, some is saying, in that case, I have a kavachomer. You cannot tell me that he could be choser from being a muad only as relates to animals while remaining a muad as relates to man because if he's going to gore a man, he's going to for sure gore a behemoth and therefore the chazar is not a good chazar. So in any event, Sumchis and his Tanakama, according to Zvid, are arguing about a case of chazara. They're not arguing about a regular case and therefore you cannot say that Sumchis' Tanakama would say that just because you're a muad for a person does not mean you're a muad for a behemoth, which would be Rav Papa's point. Rav Zid says that's not what they're talking about at all. Okay? So now we're going to have two cases in a row that uh, ask Kashas on, on Rav Papa. Um, Rav Ashi says as follows. Tashma, come in here. Amru lefnei Rabbi Yehuda, hareza muad l'shabbatas v'enu muad l'yimosachol. So remember, our Mishnah brought a case, the Talmidim came to Rabbi Yehuda, and they said, we have a behemoth here that is mu'ad to gore on Shabbos, and it is not mu'ad to gore on the weekday. Amr and Rabbi Yehuda answered them, that for Shabbos, he pays back Nezek Sholem. That for the weekdays, he would only pay Chatzin Nezek. So now, why is this, why is this a raya? It works well if you say like Rabbi Zvid, that it was telling us, a factual pattern. This behemoth had been found to gore on Shabbos, 
but when they brought animals in front of it on the weekday, it did not gore, right? So it's a factual pattern. Then Shiulo, who the Kamashaili light, they were asking him a Shiloh. They were saying, We have this behemoth, gore on Shabbat, doesn't gore on the weekday. What's the halacha? Vuhunami kamahadaluhu. And he answered them and says, Enochinami, that animal is only moored for Shabbos and he's not moored for the weekday. That's how we read the mission. It makes perfect sense. If you're going to say that every time we learned in the Mishnah was Enochinami, was telling us a psak, Agmuri Gamri were they telling Rabbi Yehuda Halacha? These were his Talmidim. So how would it read? So we look at the mission and say that, that, um, that, um, that they said in front of Rabbi Yehuda, uh, if you have an animal that's moored the Shabbosos, the halacha is, it's not moored for chol, right? So what? They're telling their Rebbe, Rebbe Yehuda, halacha? That, that's how we're going to read it? Vesu, and furthermore, What did he answer them? He answered them the exact same thing, because if you're reading it this way, it would say that they came in front of Rebbe Yehuda and they told Rebbe Yehuda halacha that if an animal is moored for Shabbos, then it's not moored for the chol, right? So, and to which, they, to which Rebbe Yehuda said back to them, so he's saying, uh, so it's, to which he responded that for Shabbos, for Shabbos it pays uh, Nezek Shalom and for, for, for weekdays it pays Chatsi Nezek. Is it possible that, that if they already told him the halacha that this animal is a mood and this animal, or this animal is a mood for Shabbos and it's a tam for weekday, Rabbi Yehuda needed to answer them and tell them that the halacha is Nezek Shalom and Chatsi Nezek? That's ridiculous. Everyone knows that. So that's... No, you're right. So that's why, according to... Exactly. So that's the point. They're saying, according to Rizvid, it comes out well, because the Talmudim were bringing a case. It's moored for Shabbos, not moored for the week. They what's the halacha? To which he responded, you're right, it is moored for Shabbos, so to your point exactly, time matters, right? So that's good, according to Rizvid. According to Papa, who understands that each time it says, it's giving a psak, it's not giving a, a case, so it means they came to Rabbi Yehuda and they told him a halacha. The halacha is muad l'shabbos, not muad l'chol, right? To which he responded, nezek shalom chati nezek. The whole conversation doesn't make sense. First of all, his talmidim wouldn't come and teach him a halacha, A. And B, if, if they were, what, was his, what did he add to the conversation by just saying chati nezek and nezek shalom? Everyone knows that. So that's the whole point. That's why it's a kasha on Rav because it makes perfect sense according to Zvid. According to Rav Papa, the conversation doesn't make sense. Okay, so that's kasha number one on Rav Papa. Next, I'm Rav Yanai. Rav Yanai says, Meresha nami deka, that you can make a diok also from the Resha like Rav Zvid, the Ketani, because we learned, Eshemuad lo mishalim nezek shalim, Veshemuad lo mishalim chasi nezek. So let's just remind ourselves, according to, according, uh, according to Rav Zvid's understanding, the Mishnah brought three cases. It's moored for its min, but it's not moored for its enomin. It's moored for ketanim, it's not moored for gedolim. It's moored for person, it's not moored for, uh, for uh, behemoth. To that, the Mishnah came and said, um, that the halacha in those cases, where you seem to have moored for one and, and tam for another, the halacha is enochinami. It's moored for that and pay nezek shalim, and, it's, and, it's, and he pays chasi nezek for the others. So, if they were giving us three cases, so then it was coming, the purpose of this Mishnah was coming to tell us, actually the way Rashi explains is, as we've discussed, everything to do with this Mishnah is, has to do with the implication. The question of, in the ordinary course, do we assume that an animal becomes moored for one thing and becomes moored for other? So in other words, it was giving us three cases, 
And then it's telling us a halacha from which we can ascertain that only in these cases where it's been demonstrated that it's not a mood for the second category, it's not a mood. But in the ordinary course, it would be a mood. So it's good. We bring three cases, and then we bring a halacha that tells us that. So that all works. If you're saying that these aren't cases, but rather they're psakim, they're halachas, pasko mai. Well, like what kind of, what, you know, what did you, uh, I'm sorry, pasko, I'm sorry. But if you're saying it said enamoid pasco, it's given a psak. So then my su eshemud la mishalan nezek shalom eshenamud la mishalan chasi nezek. He's saying then what are you adding when you say afterwards that the one that's muad pays nezek shalom and the one that's not muad pays chasi nezek ad hashalosh meinon that tam mishalan chasi nezek muad mishalan nezek shalom. So he's saying I wouldn't have known this. And what according to according to Papa, the way we're understanding this mission is it's saying a halacha. If you're muad lemino, you're not muad l'sheinimino. If you're muad for ketanim, you're not muad for gedolim. If you're muad for a person, you're not muad for an animal. And then it says, oh, and if you're muad, you pay nezek shalim, and if you're a tam, you pay chasi nezek. I didn't need the mission to tell me that. Everyone knows that. So if you understand it, that the first three were cases, and this is the psak. It makes sense, but if the first three were psakim, then what are you adding here? So therefore, it's also a kasha and rapapa. Now, ironically, so the Gemara continues, as the imtim silam nami isul rapapa, but even if you're going to say that rapapa is right in some fashion, rapapa agrees that nagach shar chamar vegamol nasamuah the kol. That if he goes ahead and gores a shar and a donkey and a camel, he's a muad for all animals. You don't say he has to do each of these three times to be mechoyver, because once he's demonstrated that he's really an equal opportunity gorer, then he becomes a muad for all things. So ironically, the way you would, well, there's a strange Gemara, because the Gemara asks two kashas on Rapapa, and then it says, oh, and if you still want to say like Rapapa, you Rapapa would say this. It would seem we disproved Rapapa. The Rishon will go all over the place with this, and um, this is very relevant. We're not going to have time to get into the detail, but we're going to see many cases that seem to pass in like Rapapa, and the fact that the Gemara concerns itself with Rapapa's view is uh, many, many of the postgum understand that the Psak is actually like Rapapa, even though we ask these kashas. So presumably there was some answer. Um, we don't have time to get into it in detail, but it's very interesting, interesting how the remaining Gemaras play out with that, with that question. Okay. Tanur Rabbanan. Ra'ashar Nogach. Shar Lo Nogach. Shar Nogach. Shar Lo Nogach. Shar Nogach. Shar Lo Nogach. Nasa Mu'ad L'Seirugin L'Shvarn. So he says as follows. Uh, animal saw a, a shar, he gored him. Then he didn't gore one. Then he did gore, then he didn't, then he did, then he didn't. So what happened is that he became a muad to gore every other shar. Okay? So that, that's, that's how it works. Fine. Tanur Rabbanon. Ra'a shar nagach, chamar lo nagach, sus nagach, gomel lo nagach, parad nagach, arad lo nagach. So what happened here? He saw a shar, he gored it. He saw a donkey, he didn't gore it. He saw a, a horse, he gored it. He saw a camel, he didn't gore it. He saw a, uh, a mule, he gored it. He saw uh, Arud, Rashi says, is, is a chamor heber, a wild donkey. Lo nagach, he didn't gore it. Nasem muad l'seirugin l'kol. So he becomes a muad for all animals, but only al- alternating. Mm-hmm. Our, what? He saw six animals, three of them he gored, three he didn't. So we're saying the halacha is, as we just learned before, that if he gores three types of animals, he becomes a muad for all animals. So we say he does become a muad for all animals, but only if he, if he didn't gore the last animal. If he gored the last animal, then he's scheduled to take a break, and then he would only pay chasinezek. 
Okay. So, Ibayilu. Um, the Gemara asked a question. Nagach, I'm a base. Nagach, shor, shor, shor. He gored three shars in a row. Chamor, then a donkey, then a gummel, and then a, a, a camel. So he shor, he gored five animals here. So, Mahu, what's the halacha? Hai shor, basra, this last shor, meaning the third animal he gored. Basra, shvarim, shadinan le, vakati, le shvarim, hudaayid. That do we say that we lump it together with the first two shoros, and therefore he is moored for shvarim lemid yachrini lo iayit, but he's not a moored for other types of animals. Or maybe you say that this third animal, the third shor, gets lumped together with the chamar and the gamal, and we say he's a moored for every. Uh, I'm sorry, viayit le lekule mini. That he's a he's a moor for all animals. What's this about? We know if an animal gores three shars in a row, so he's a moor for shars, right? Now this might sound like Rav Papa, but it can be explained even according to Rizvid. But in other words, the point is we know that he's a moor for three shars in a row, but we know that if he would attack three different types of animals, he would be moored for all animals. So the question here is as follows: He did shar shar shar. So maybe you say he's a moor for shar. He's not a moor for anything else. And therefore, when he gores a, a, a camel or he gores a, a, a donkey, he only pays chatzinezek because he wasn't proven to be a moor for a chamar or gamal or for or all types of animals. It was only proven to be a moor for a shor. Or do we say that we look at the third shor as being with the fourth and fifth, and therefore, if you look at that sequence, you have shor, chamar, gamal, and therefore, you've seen that he's gored Three of three different types of animals, three times in a row, and then we just learned the halacha that in that case he's a moor for everything. So the way it's uh, explained is as follows: the Gemara is asking. I might think that it should be you should lump the three shuras together. Why? Because first of all, those are the first three animals he gored, and second of all, they're of the same variety. So I might think it goes together. Or do you say, look, at the end of the day, we want to make him a moor because he's shown himself to gore a shor, a chamar, and a gamal. So we should say he's moored for all animals. So what do we do? Now the Gemara says, here's another case, chamar, we're going to reverse the order. Chamar, v'gamal, shor, shor, shor. So even if you're going to tell me that we go after the shoros because we figure that, that he should be together with others of its own variety, right? And because the first three that he gored were shor, so we say he goes after shor. What happens if the order is reversed? So he goes chamar, gamal, shor, and then it's shor and shor. So mahu, what's halacha? Hi, shor, kama. This first shor, meaning which is the third animal that he gores, basa chamar, v'gamal, shadin, and lay. Do we lump it together with animals number one and two? Ve'ayid lay l'kulo, mini, and therefore he would be a moor for all types of animals because we look at it as saying he did a donkey, a, a camel, and a, and a shor, so he's a moor for all types of animals. Odilmo, basa shorim, shadin, and lay. Or do we lump him together with the Sharos and we say that it's only for Sharos that he is a Muad and he is not a Muad for other types of animals. So similar inquiry, but we might think that in this case you lost, you still have the element that you might lump it together with its own variety, which would make him a Muad only for Shar, but you lost the element of the first, uh, the first animals that are gored were the variety of three. Okay, now the Gemara continues with a new question. Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos. Uh, I'm sorry, Shabbos, Shabbos, Vishabbos. Echad, Vishabbos, Vishenim, Vishabbos. So he gored one week Shabbos, next week Shabbos, next week Shabbos, Sunday, Monday. So, Mahu, what's Allah? Ha, Shabbos, Basra, Shabbos, 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 Shabb
Do we say that this third goring on Shabbos goes together with goring number one and two where he gored on Shabbos? And therefore he becomes a muad only for Shabbos but not for the weekdays. Or maybe I would say that we lump the third goring on Shabbos together with Sunday and Monday. And therefore he would be muad for all of the days. Now what is it adding here that we didn't have before? In other, words, in other words, why isn't this the same question that we asked about shor, 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 hamar v'gamol? Because uh, 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 when an animal only gores on Shabbos, its gorings are obviously separated by a week. So you might think that there's less of a reason to lump the three sharas together just because they're of the same type, because those gorings are actually far removed from each other, versus when the latter three gorings are Shabbos, Sunday, Monday. So you might think that. Now the Gemara continues and says, and, and same thing as before, if you're going to tell me that you want to lump them together, A, because they're of similar variety, Shabbos, 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 and because those are the first three gorings, what if they're not the first three? Hey, Shabbos, so he gored on Thursday, Erev Shabbos, and on, on a Friday, then Shabbos, then on Shabbos, then a week later Shabbos, and a week later Shabbos. So he did, the first three were Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, and those and uh, so do you go after the first three or do you say that since the three are on shabbos you go after ones that are its own type mahu what's the do we say that the third goring which is on shabbos follows thursday and friday therefore the mood for all days or do we say that this first shabbos which is the third goring goes after the fourth and fifth, which were on Shabbos, and therefore he's moored only for Shabbos, but not for all days, which is what you would conclude if you say Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. So to all of these questions, the Gemara says, take off. Okay. Nagach shar yom tesva b'chodesh zeh, v'yom tesayim b'chodesh zeh, v'yom yud zayim b'chodesh zeh. So he gored on the 15th of this month, the 16th of the next month, and 17th of the next month. So for those who learn Telchus Nida, this is very relevant for a vest, for a woman to, uh, uh, and we're going to see that in a minute. Um, this halacha by Negicha, by Goring, would be the same as Yavah Machlokas between Rav and Shmuel and Nida, the Itmar, because we learned. Rav says it's a vest, until you have three of the skipping. What's going on here? So we have, we have a halacha in Hilchus Nida that if a woman if a woman establishes a pattern of, of uh, when she becomes a Nida, so this could be, could take the form of she, you know, the 22nd of each month, she becomes a Nida, or it could take the form that there's four weeks between the beginning of one period and another period. So then what's the significance of that? Rashi points out that there's a halacha, the Chachamim or Mesakit, that if a woman becomes a Nida, that anything she touched in the 24 hours preceding we assume to be Tame because maybe she had become a Nida already and she just didn't realize, right? But if she is established to have a vest and we know she, she, she comes on the 22nd of every month, she becomes a Nida, so therefore the 24 hours preceding on the 21st, we don't have to worry that maybe she became a Nida because once it's established that she generally becomes a Nida on the 22nd, we don't assume that this month it started somehow on the 21st, right? So, okay, how does this relate to the Machlok is Rav and Shmuel? Because what we had here is we had the woman uh, always got, got her, you know, her, her Nida became a Nida on the 5th of the month. And all of a sudden, she switched the next month to the 15th, the next month to 16th, the next month to 17th. So Rav would say, so you see a pattern of three in a row here, right? 
So therefore, she becomes uh, she becomes an uh, she beca- that becomes a vest, and we no longer have to worry about meesla ace starting after the third month because you see a pattern of three: fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Shmuel says, no, 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 no. Because what are you saying? You're saying that each time, what does she become? What does she become a pattern of? She becomes a pattern that she always becomes a nida one day after the day of last month that she became a nida. But the first one, remember my case, she normally becomes a need on the 5th. Now she becomes a need on the 15th, right? So you don't have, the first one doesn't show that she became a nida a month and a day later than the last time, right? So therefore Shmuel says you need the fourth one. Okay, so that's a halacha by nida. We're saying it's the same halacha by shar. So if, if a shar gores on the 15th, 16th, and 17th, Rav would say at this point the, the animals are a, a muad going forward. Shmuel would say, no, 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 you need one more. Because you need to show the first goring wasn't a month and a day after another goring. So the first goring doesn't count. That just starts the process. Then you need two, three, and four. And Shmuel would say the fifth month, you can become a muad on this schedule. Amarava, Rava says, Shama kol shoifer v'nagach, kol shoifer v'nagach, kol shoifer v'nagach, nasa muad l'shafara. So if you had an animal, heard a, someone blew a shofar, the animal went and gored someone. Shofar, gored. Shofar, gored. So you say it becomes a muad that whenever you're going to hear a shofar, it's going to be a muad, and therefore the owner should watch it. So the Gemara says, Pshito, that's obvious. So the Gemara says, I might have thought that the, why did he gore the first time? Just because he got startled by the sound of a shofar. But that doesn't prove that he gores with a shofar. And so therefore I would think maybe you need a fourth case. So he says, no, that the Gemara is telling us that that the three together get looked at together. Okay. Shor shel Yisrael. Shenagach shor shel hektish. So this we actually encountered back when, I think on the test or so. They had a shor of a, a Jewish person that gored a shor of hektish. Vishel hektish shenagach shor shel hedyet. Or she had hektish, a, a hektish shor gored a regular person shor. Pater. In that case, hektish doesn't pay and the person doesn't pay. And we encountered this before. Shenemar shor reyeu velo shor shel hektish. Because the pasuk by shor tam says that 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 you that um right so it says that if if the shar of a person gores the shar of his friend right so when are you chayev, when are you chayev for damage when you damage your friend's shar now hektish is not your friend so therefore hektish is not relevant to the halachas of goring according to the mission if you had a shor that belonged to a Jew that gored a shor of a Kenani potter, he, the, the Jew does not have to pay the Kenani. We'll see the case for this tomorrow. But conversely, if the if the shor of a Kenani gores the shor of Israel, no matter what. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, why that's so. Okay, the Gemara says, the Mishnah that we just learned is not like Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya. Well, how do we know that? This Tanya, because we learned in a bride, so the first part of the bride is going to be the same as our Mishnah. Shar shel hediyat shenagach shar shel hekdish. If you have a regular person, shar gored the shar of hekdish. Vishal hekdish shenagach shar shel hediyat. Or you had a hekdish shar that gored a regular person, shar potter, that they're each potter. Why? Shenemar shar reyehu below shar shel hekdish. Because the Pazak says you're only in this category of owing damages when you gore the shar of your friend, but not if you gore the shar of hekdish. If Hegdish Shar gores a person Shar, Hegdish is Pater. So he's saying, but if a Shar of a regular person damages uh, a Shar of Hegdish, he has to pay Nezak Shalom. He doesn't even get Chatzin Nezak the first three times. So the Gemara says, Amri, 
As I said, my kasav Reb Shimon. What? Where does Reb Shimon Menasi get this idea? If we look at the word in the pasuk that says it has to be your friend and say it literally has to be your friend, then it, friend is a friend and hegdish is not your friend. So then, even if the regular person's animal gores an animal of hegdish. He should be putter. If you're telling me, yeah, it says reyeu, but it doesn't really mean reyeu, it means even hektish, then I feel the hektish nami kinagach the head yet lechayev. Then the same thing should be true that when hektish uh, animal gore the regular person's animal, he should be chayev. Now the Gemara, so we're saying we're struggling to understand where does Rishim ben Menasi get this idea that a person is chayev if it damages hektish, but hektish is not chayev if it damages a person. Um, so and it doesn't make sense. Do you take reyeu seriously or you don't? So the Gemara says, "V'chitemen." If you're going to tell me, really, he holds that the pasuk it has to be your friend, and therefore, whether your shar gores hegdish or hegdish gores your shar, your putter, because it says reyeu, that's really the halacha. Miu Rishim Menasi was saying the head yet kinagas the hegdish hainu time and the So then the question would be, why when the head yet damages that one of hegdish, why do you Rishim Menasi say you have to pay nezek shalim? Rishim to come isil and mikavachomer the head yet. Because really the halach is you should be putter, but there's a kavachomer that comes and says ma head shall head yet that if when you damage a regular person, sure you have to pay him kinagat the hegdish al kolshikain, then hegdish is in a better position than a person. Then if you gore of hegdish, of course you should pay. So what we're saying is as follows: maybe reyeu is dafka, and therefore you shouldn't have to pay hegdish. Hegdish shouldn't have to pay you, but we make a kavachomer specifically where you attack hegdish. To say that, look, if you attack your friend, you have to pay. So if you attack Hector, you should for, should for sure have to pay. The Gemara, uh, I'm sorry, are you not for sure have to pay? The Gemara says the problem with that, you can't explain that as a Rosh Nazi's reason, because because we learned this halacha before that if you're making a kavu chomer, then for, if you're going to, if you're applying from the kal to the chomer, you have to apply it with whatever leniencies it has. And therefore, So he's saying, if you're going to say Re'eu is Dafka, and therefore your putter for Hegdish, Hegdish is putter for you, but we make a Kavachomer from short time to say that just like if you damage your friend, you, you, you have to pay, so so too you should have to pay Hegdish. If we're learning that way, you should only have to pay Hegdish where you have to pay your friend. What do you have to pay your friend? Chatinezek the first time. So why would why would Rav Shimonasi say in all cases bein tam bein muad you pay nezek shalem um, that it would seem that you should that you should uh, only have to pay chati nezek so we're left without an explanation of why Rav Shimonasi says his halacha can't be the kavachomer because then it would only be chati nezek and he says it's nezek shalem so therefore we leave off with uh, with uh, seeking a source for Rav Shimonasi's halacha does he take rayeu seriously or doesn't he take it why does he say that the halacha is your chayav to hegdish, but hegdish is not chayav to you? And we'll leave that with a cliffhanger, pick up a message on tomorrow.